Dad, we pray uh, for Lynn Davis. We pray for Ed Taylor and his family. And we pray that you would put your hand over their family, that you would provide, provide them the peace that only you can. And God, I pray that uh, our church community would come around and, and love them. God, I pray for uh, Tony that she would be able uh, to heal from her injury. And God, we pray for Strider that you would take his back right now and put your healing hand on it. Uh, you are the great physician. And so we put these requests into your hands. I pray for Smiley as he comes up uh, to speak. I pray that you would put a message on the hearts of everyone in this room that would penetrate us, that would allow us to see the Bible afresh and allow us to live a, a life that is aligned with what you want it to be. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Tim. Today's message is called, Where Did You Come From and Where Are You Going? And those are important questions, and we're going to explore that a bit. But I want to tell you where I was yesterday. Yesterday, I got to see my mom for the second time in 11 months. Um, that's the good news. The bad news is why I got to see her. She's in an assisted living facility, and when you're in your last few days, they actually open up and let you in. And that's why I was able to visit with her yesterday. I went to see my mom. She had her 96th birthday recently. She's very thin. She's struggling to breathe. But you know what matters most? She knows Jesus. She knows Jesus, and that means for her, the moment she dies, she's going to be with Jesus in paradise. And what I got to do with my mom was open up the Bible and read the Bible to her and encourage her, the best is yet to come, the best is yet to come, the best is yet to come. Wow. And as I left there, I thought, what I did with my mom is, is kind of what I get to do for a job. I have the greatest job in the world. What I get to do every week is I get to come and I get to look at Jesus. And as I fall in love with Jesus, then I get a chance to come and share with you what I've learned. And so what we're going to learn about today, the point of today's message, is that Jesus seeks and saves the lost. Will you say it with me? Jesus seeks and saves the lost. And here's what I'm praying for you, that you would be kind of like me during the week, that you've come here today, and as you come today you're going to see Jesus. And you're going to fall in love with him. And, and you're going to go out and you're going to want to share with everyone you meet what you learned today that Jesus seeks and saves the lost. So I'm really glad you're here. We're going to look at Jesus together and it's going to be so good. Now, if you're new, I want you to know we're Christians. We believe the Bible is God's word. <clears throat> we love to open it up together on Sunday mornings and come and see Jesus together. And uh, again, if you're new, I want to catch you up a little bit. Uh, this year, we're walking through the second book in the Bible called Exodus. Uh, what we're doing, it's almost like binge watching something. So every Sunday morning, I get to tell you um, previously on Exodus, right? <laughs> so here, here's where we've been. <clears throat> Israel, or the Hebrews, God's people, have been slaves in Egypt for 400 years. They've cried out to God, God deliver us, and God heard their cry, and God heard their pleas, and God's raised up a reluctant leader, a reluctant leader, and his name is, thank you, his name is Moses, and uh, 
Moses had a lot of excuses, but God overcame his excuses, sent Moses and his brother Aaron to go back and lead Israel out of Egypt. Moses went and shared with the Israelites that God was going to deliver them. They said, we love you, Moses. Moses was the most popular person among the Israelites, right? And then he went to Pharaoh and he said, Pharaoh, God says, let my people go. And Pharaoh says, no way. And he took away the straw, right? And he made things tougher. And the people said, we hate your guts, Moses. <laughs> right? He went from being very popular to very unpopular. And remember last week? Remember last week, the point of the message was following Jesus is hard and worth it. Remember? And, we, and the action step was choose your heart. Have you been doing that this week? Many of you were reading through the study. If you haven't picked yours up, you can, you can pick it up for this month. And we were reading through Matthew this week, right? Did you read with me through Matthew how Jesus chose the hard for us? Did you read? How for us he left heaven? Did you read how he was betrayed by a friend with a kiss? Did you read that? He chose the hard for us. Did you read? Did you read how his small group, his small group, when he needed them the most, what they all ran away? Did you read that? Did you read how he chose the hard for us? Did you read how a close friend of his says, I've never met him? Did you read that? He chose the hard for us. Did you read how his enemies condemned him and spit on him and mocked him? Did you read how he bore our sins for us? Did you read that, that he chose the hard for us? Wow, and so we pick up the story where we left off last week. We finished chapter 5 last week, so I'm going to start with the end of chapter 5. And then we'll get going into chapter 6. Exodus 5, 22, Then Moses returned to the Lord and said, O Lord, why have you brought harm to this people? Why did you ever send me? Ever since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done harm to this people, and you have not delivered your people at all. Why did you call me? You haven't delivered your people. You've made it harder and harder and harder. Why, why, why have you done this? You ever been like that? Chapter 6, verse 1, Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh, for under compulsion he will let them go, and under compulsion he will drive them out of the, this land. Notice how he says, I will do... Listen, this chapter is the gospel. The whole Bible is the gospel. And the gospel is very different from religion because religion is about what we do for God. Religion is how we save ourselves. That's not the Bible. The gospel, the Bible is about what God has done for us. The gospel is how Jesus seeks and saves lost people. It's about what God has done for us. We're not here to learn about what we do for God. We're here to do, learn what God has done for us. 20 times in this chapter. You see that? I will do 20 times in this chapter. God speaks in the first person, right? I will, I am, I have 20 times. This whole chapter is about what God does for us, as is the Bible, not what we do for him. Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh, for under compulsion he will let them go, and under compulsion he will drive them out of this, his land. God spoke further to Moses and said to him, do you realize that we believe God, there is a God and he speaks to us? We have his word. Did you notice that? Moses isn't trying to think what God is like. God is speaking to Moses. And we believe the Bible is how God speaks to us. God spoke further to Moses and said to him, 
I am the Lord. See that first person? I am the Lord, and I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty, as El Shaddai, but my name, Lord, uh, but by my name, Lord, I, I did not make myself known to them. Now, remember, we're learning where we came from. So he's saying, listen, here's where we came from. We came from Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And God revealed himself to them as God Almighty or El Shaddai. But only now to Moses did God say, my name is Lord or Yahweh. Remember when God called Moses to lead the people out of Egypt? He says, I don't know your name. What's your name? And God says, I am is your name. So if your Bible is like my Bible, every time you see all capital letters, that's really Yahweh. Jewish people were so afraid of using God's name in vain that they wouldn't say Yahweh or Jehovah. They would say Lord. Now I've made myself known to you by name. I also established my covenant with them, my binding promise, to give them the land of Canaan. Notice a land, the land in which they sojourn. Furthermore, I have heard the groaning of the sons of Israel because the Egyptians are holding them in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Say, therefore, to the sons of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Do you hear God over and over again? I will, and I will deliver you from their bondage. I also will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. Then I will take you for my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who brought you out from the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you, I, 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 isn't it? I will bring you to the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. Now listen, we're learning how Jesus seeks and saves the lost, and what we're learning is we're saved from something, we're saved for something. Do you know what we're saved for? We're saved for a person and for a place. Don't you hear that here? That I will take you for my people and I will be your God. We're saved for a person, God, and we're saved for a place. I will give you the land. Person and a place. Listen, the whole Bible is one story. It's really the gospel. But we've been learning over and over again. There's four chapters in the one story, right? Listen, chapter one is called creation. That we were created for a person and a place. Most important verse in the Bible is the first verse, right? And how does the Bible begin? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God created us for a place. God made a perfect earth. There was paradise on earth. He made it for man. And then God walked with man on earth in paradise. Adam and Eve had a person and a place. And it was so good. And then you say, what? Well, what happened? And and that's the fall that our first parents, Adam and Eve, they sinned against God. And listen, the man sinned. The fall wrecked everything. So in chapter 2, there's no person and no place. Now, I want you to know when I made this, it was all lined up and looked so good. <laughs> but we live in a fallen world, right? So it doesn't look like it did on my computer. But with the fall, no person, no place. As soon as Adam and Eve sinned against God, they were separated from God. They didn't walk with him anymore. They hid from God. The moment they sinned, death, sickness came into the world. Suffering came into the world. So they were no longer in paradise. Would we agree with that? We're not living in paradise, would we? So listen, chapter 
one creation, person and place. Chapter two, fall, no person, no place. Chapter three is redemption. People say, why doesn't God do something? He has, and he is, that Jesus came into the world to seek and save sinners. And the moment we believe in Jesus, we're restored to the person we were made for. We have the person, but not the place, right? Person, yes, place, no. Aren't we walking with Jesus now, aren't we? You guys there, aren't we walking with Jesus? But are we in paradise? So we have the person, right, but not the place. And don't our hearts long for where history is headed? We've learned where we came from is creation and fall, but where are we headed? Chapter 4, where history is headed is consummation, where Jesus comes back. And when he comes back, he's going to make all things new, and it's going to be person and place forever. Do you know where we're going to spend eternity? Not off in the cloud somewhere. We're going to spend eternity on earth. Heaven is where God dwells, and one day heaven will come to earth. And it will be just like it was in the beginning, that God will walk with us in paradise on earth. Isn't that what we long for? In our hearts, don't we long to do life with Jesus? But listen, don't we long to live on an earth where, where everything beautiful is there, but everything sad and broken is suddenly untrue? And I want you to know that is the gospel that Jesus wants to save us from things for something so that we could uh, save us for a person and a place. So in, in Luke 19, verse 10, we learn about how Jesus saves. Now notice this, for the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. The gospel, which means good news, has both bad news and good news. So where do you see the bad news of the gospel in this verse? Where do you see it? that we were lost, right? And what lost means, because of our sin, there was no person and no, no place. We were lost. The Bible says we've all sinned against God over and over again, so we're separated from God and, and also from the place that our hearts long for, no person, no place. And listen, if we keep rebelling against God, know where we end up, we end up in hell. And you know what hell is? No person, no place, right? It's not, it's not the person we were made for. It's not the place we want to be. But listen, this verse says, has not only the bad news that we were lost, but do you see the good news? It's what? That the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. You see, Jesus loved to call himself the Son of Man. He's saying, listen, he's God the Son who came to earth to seek sinners. We were lost. We couldn't find our way. He came to seek us and to save us living a perfect life and then going to the cross. The reason he went to the cross was to pay the penalty for our sins. He had no sins. So he took our sins upon himself, died in our place, and then he rose and he offers us salvation. Listen, the Son of Man has come to seek and save. He wants to save us from no person and no place and he wants to save us for a person and a place so that we would do life with Jesus now and with Jesus on a new earth forever and person and place forever. And what does he require of us? <clears throat> In Romans 10, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. See the word heart we often think of the heart as emotions, but in the Bible, the heart is the control center. It's the mind where we think. 
It's the emotions where we feel, and it's the will where we make choices. And so to be saved involves the whole heart. It starts with the mind, right? That we understand sin, that we understand what Jesus did. And then it moves to the emotions where there's a sorrow for sin. There's a desire to be saved. And then it moves to the will where we confess with our lips, Jesus is Lord. Have you? Well, confessing Christ as Lord, believing in our heart really is as simple as ABC, where we admit and believe and commit. It starts when with our minds and in our emotions, we're convicted of our sin and we admit with our lips, Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. And then it moves to where we believe that I believe what I've been taught is true, that you died and rose for me. And then it moves to commit where we say, Jesus, from this day forward, I'm trusting in you for forgiveness. I'm trusting in you for eternal life and not my goodness. Are you? It's saying, Jesus, today the rebellion against you stops. Today I confess you as Lord. I want you to come in and be Lord, and as you give me strength, I'll follow you all the days of my life. Won't you? Won't you? Won't you admit and believe and commit? That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And listen, if you've done that, you know what that means? You've been saved from no person, no place. You've been saved for a person and a place. I'm back to Exodus 6. So Moses spoke, he took the message that God gave him. So Moses spoke to the sons of Israel, but they did not listen to Moses on account of their despondency and cruel bondage. Listen, don't despair. God's going to deliver us. God's going to deliver us. And you know what? They didn't, they didn't believe. Um, listen, sometimes when we share the gospel with people and, and, and we just lay it out there and say, man, you could have eternal life and people, they don't believe, right? You know Why? They have three problems. You know what their problems are? They're deaf, blind, and dead. They're deaf, they can't hear. They're blind, they can't see. They're dead, they can't respond. And that's why before we talk to people about Jesus, we talk to Jesus about people, right? We say, Jesus, when I go and share, send your Holy Spirit. Send your Holy Spirit to unstop deaf ears, to open blind eyes, to raise people from the dead so that they could see the beauty of Christ and respond to him. And so we talk to Jesus about people, and then we go in the power of the Holy Spirit, and we talk to people about Jesus. And sometimes, you know what happens? When we share we see the Holy Spirit move and we see deaf ears unstopped and people hear the gospel for the first time and we see blind eyes see Jesus for the first time and we see dead people come to life and confess Christ as Lord and we get to be a part of that. Now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Go tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the sons of Israel go out of the land. Uh, go tell him. Now, I want you to hear this. Moses gets confused, and sometimes he thinks he's the message rather than the messenger. Listen, Moses is not the message. 
He's the messenger. Go and tell Pharaoh what I say to you. And that's so important for us. So many of us say, well, you know, I just let my life be the witness. God didn't say, Moses, go live a beautiful life before Pharaoh and you'll let my people go. He said, go and deliver a message for me. And that's what he tells us, go tell others how amazing I am, not how amazing you are. Go tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the sons of Israel go out of this land. But Moses spoke before the Lord, saying, behold, the sons of Israel have not listened to me. How then will Pharaoh listen to me? For I am unskilled in speech. Listen, I spoke to Israel. They don't believe in me. Why would Pharaoh? I'm unskilled. Moses, it's not about you. It's not about your skill. You're the messenger, not the message. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and gave them a charge to the sons of Israel and to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the sons of Israel out of the land of Egypt. Moses This is what I'm calling you to do. This is your charge. This is your commission. Go and deliver a message. And isn't that exactly what Jesus did? I mean, when Jesus was here on earth, he lived a perfect life for us, right? And he died on the cross for our sins. And then he rose on the third day, and he gathers his disciples together, and he gives them a charge, doesn't he? Here it is in Matthew 28, Jesus has risen from the dead, but the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had designated. He said, meet me on this mountain, and so they came. When they saw him, they worshiped him. Notice that. What did they do when they saw Jesus? They Now, throughout the Bible, when someone bows down before an angel or a person, what does the person or the angel say? What? Get up. Get up. I'm a creature like you. But notice... When they worshiped Jesus, he accepted it because some people say Jesus never claimed to be God. They worshiped him and Jesus received it. But some were doubtful. And you say, well, how could someone be doubtful when there's Jesus alive? Well, because people don't rise from the dead every day, okay? So some things in life are so good, they're hard to believe they're true. And so it was hard for them to believe that it was true even when Jesus was right in front of them. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And then he says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. I want you to go and share a message. Go and preach the gospel. Go and win the lost. Go and build believers. Go and equip workers. Go and multiply disciple makers, right? Go and deliver a message. And that's what he calls us. He's given us a message to share. Go and preach the gospel. Win the lost. Build believers. Equip workers. Multiply disciple makers. Now, it's going to be hard this week to get people to to read um, the... Uh, the passage, and here's why. These are the heads of the father's household, the sons of Reuben, Israel's firstborn, Hanak and Palo, Herzon and Carmi. These are the families of Reuben. The sons of Simeon, Jemuel and Jarman and Obed and Jechin and Zohar and Shaul, the son of a Canaanite woman. These are the families of Simeon. These are the names of the sons of Levi according to their generations, Gashon and Koath and Merari and And the length of Levi's life was 137 years. 
and you're saying, Smiley, is that really how you say them? I have no idea. I've just been taught, say them confidently, and everybody will marvel at how intelligent you are. The sons of Gershon, Levan, and Shemai, according to their families. The sons of Kohath, Amram, and Izar, and Hebron, and Uziel. And the length of Kohath's life was 133 years. The sons of Merari, Mahal, and Mushi. These are the families of the Levites according to their generations. Amram married his father's sister, Jochebed, and she bore him Aaron and Moses. And the length of Amram's life was 137 years. Moses says, by the way, this is my dad, uh, Amram, and this is my mom, Jochebed, and my brother, Aaron. The sons of Izar, <clears throat> Koath, and Nephtah, and Zikri, the sons of Uzael, Mishael, and Lazaphan, and Sitri. Aaron married Elisheba, the daughter of Amminadab, and the sister of Nashon, and she bore him Nadab and Abihu, Eleazar and Ithamar, the sons of Korah, Aser, and Elkanah, and Abisoth. These are the families of the Korahites. Aaron's son Eleazar married one of the daughters of Putuel, and she married, she bore him Phinehas. These are the heads of the father's household of the Levites according to their families. It was the same Aaron and Moses to whom the Lord said, Bring out the sons of Israel from the land of Egypt according to their host. These were the ones who spoke to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, about bringing out the sons of Israel from Egypt. It was the same Moses and Aaron. This is where we've come from. These are our ancestors, and this is where we're going. Do you know I'm so thankful to be a Christian? And one of the reasons I'm thankful to be a Christian is I know where we came from. I know God made us, and I understand the fall. And I also know where we're going. I know chapter 4, we're headed to a consummation where all things are made new, and I know why I'm here. Now it came about on the day when the Lord spoke to Moses in the land of Egypt, that the Lord spoke to Moses saying, I am the Lord, speak to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that I speak to you, go and deliver a message for me. But notice how Moses responded. But Moses said before the Lord, Behold, I am unskilled in speech. How then will Pharaoh listen to me? <laughs> listen, I can't do that. I can't speak well enough. Moses, Moses, you're not the message. It's not about your skill. You're the messenger. How many of us? I'm not good enough. I don't know enough. I don't have all the answers. Listen, you're not the message. You're just the messenger. So how does God respond to, to Moses? This is where we're going next week, just a little peek. In chapter 7, Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I make you as a God to Pharaoh, and your brother shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you. And your brother Aaron shall speak to Pharaoh that he let the sons of Israel go out of the land. But I will harden Pharaoh's heart that I may multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. Just go. Share the message. I'll do the great work. I'll set my people free. Just share the message. You know what really encourages me as an evangelist? Uh, in John chapter 10, I don't have the verse for the screen, but in John chapter 10, Listen to what Jesus says, John 10, 16. I have other sheep which are not of this fold. So Jesus sees us and he says, listen, I have people in this county who aren't here. 
I have other sheep which are not of this fold. Listen carefully. I must bring them also. They're his sheep. He wants to gather his sheep and they will hear my voice and they will become one flock with one shepherd. When we go out and share, people don't hear our voice. They hear the voice of Jesus calling his people to himself. Wow, when I went to Young Life many years ago and my Young Life leader began to read me about Jesus, I didn't hear my Young Life leader's voice. I heard the voice of Jesus calling me to himself. I heard Jesus saying, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with me. And I responded. And so as we go as a messenger for Jesus, Jesus draws his people to himself. So what have we learned so far? What we've learned so far is that Jesus seeks and saves the lost, okay? And so our action step for this week, what I'd really like for you to do this week is to be the messenger, not the message. Well, what do you mean to be the messenger and not the message? Listen, it's not about us. We're not to make much of us. We are to make much of Jesus. We don't want to call attention to ourselves. We want to point attention to Jesus, right? We don't want to talk about what we've done. We want to tell others what Jesus has done. And you say, well, what does that look like? Let's go back to Romans 10. In Romans 10, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's what we do to be saved, right? And isn't that what we share with others? We just share with others that, listen, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. That when you put your faith in Jesus, he takes all your sins and you're forgiven, and he gives you his righteousness so that we're beautiful to God. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. Don't you love that verse? How many things in life have been disappointed? You couldn't wait. You couldn't wait till you went there or you did that. And when you did it, it was a disappointment. Man, I have walked with Jesus for over 50 years, and I can tell you he's the one thing in life truly that doesn't disappoint. Whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on him. For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Don't we have good news? Is Listen, no one is so bad that if they don't call on the name of the Lord, they wouldn't be saved. But notice what it says next. How then will they call on him in whom they've not believed? I mean, how are people going to call on the name of Jesus if they haven't believed in him? And how will they believe in him whom they have not heard? How can people believe in Jesus if they haven't heard about him? And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they hear without a messenger? And how will they preach unless they're sent? Isn't that why we come? We come to come and see Jesus, right? Why? So that we can go then as sent. We can go and share Listen, justice is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. Um, I don't know about your theology, but I have, you know, Jesus at the top, and, and then there's like the Apostle Paul and all, and then there's my young life leader. You know why he's up so high? Because he's the one 
who came and shared Christ with me that changed my life and changed my eternity. And this verse says, we can be those people in the lives of others. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. Oh, that we believe we have incredibly good news. Who is it in your life? Who is it in your life who really needs to hear what you learned today? Won't you go and share it with them? Uh, <clears throat> Let's think through a few things. How about the futility of life? Do you think this week we'll talk to anybody that just says, man, life is so hard? Being single is hard. Being married is hard. Trying to run a restaurant in a COVID world is hard, isn't it? Don't you know people who will say, listen, it's just so hard. That's your opportunity. Could I share with you what we learned in church on Sunday? Will you do that? And if they say yes, then just walk them through the four chapters, right? You know why things are so hard? Because the world we live in is not the way God made it. What? Listen, chapter one of the story is creation. God made everything and it was good. We were made for a person and a place. God walked with man on earth and it wasn't futile. It wasn't hard. And then they're going to say, well, what happened? Oh, that's chapter two. See, our first parents, Adam and Eve, they sinned and that wrecked everything. No person, no place. That's why it's so hard. And then they'll say, well, if there's a God, why doesn't he do something? You can tell them, right? Well, that's chapter 3. See, chapter 3 is Jesus has come, and whoever believes in him, he saves them, and they get to do life in a broken world with Jesus. Well, why doesn't he end the suffering? You know, right? One day he will. He's coming back. He's going to make all things new. Everything sad and broken will become untrue. You can do it. Or um, did you hear him? Verse, um, verse uh, 12 and 13, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. Did you hear that? For the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on the name of the, on Him. For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Do you think, do you think race will come up this week? Or, or maybe you'll find yourself in a discussion about critical race theory or intersectionality. You might have that discussion. And, and you, what, you say, what is that? Well, um, I'm white, I'm a male, I'm a heterosexual, and I'm a Christian. And you know what critical race theory says? I'm what's wrong with America. And you know what? They're exactly right. I am. But it's not just me. We're all a part of the problem. Listen, we have what our culture so desperately needs. We need to share the gospel because the gospel says what we have in common is so much greater than what divides us. And you say, well, what do we have in common in America? You know what every person in America has in common? Every one of us needs Jesus. Who else has that message but us? The only thing that can unite us is to realize that what we share in common is greater than what design devices. We all need Jesus. And we have incredibly good news too. Whoever, even me, even a white male heterosexual, whoever will call in the name of the Lord will be saved. Isn't that a message people need to hear? Um, how about death? Uh, do, you, do you realize we live in a death-denying culture, but all of a sudden this virus, every day they tell you how many people died? H have you noticed behind the mask of people terror in their eyes? Have you? 
How many people do you know who put all their hope in getting a vaccine, right? And, and, and some people are really excited about it. Other people say, I'm not doing that because who knows what will happen, right? But what if you shared with someone this week, if there was a vaccine for death, would you take it? What if you didn't have to get two shots, just one? What if it was 100% effective, guaranteed everyone who receives it would live forever? What if there were no risk, no line, and it was free? Wouldn't you want that vaccine? Well, well yes. The vaccine has a name, and his name is... Jesus. And what does the Bible say? For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. What a message we have to share with people who are afraid of death. So I started with my mom, and I'm back with my mom. You know, my mom is wasting away. And you know what's going to happen the moment she dies? She's going to be with Jesus in paradise. And so when I'm with my mom and, and I read scripture to her and I pray with her, you know what I said to my mom? I, I want you to know this is so cool because only Christians can say this. You see, people who don't know Jesus when a loved one dies, you know what they say? They say goodbye. You know what I told my mom? See you later. Wouldn't you rather tell the people you love, see you later, than goodbye? You know how I know I'll see her later? Because one day, a dead man got up and walked out of the tomb and said, we could too. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful that because of Jesus, we're going to live forever? Let's worship him, okay? And then let's tell every person we meet they can live forever too. Let's pray. Jesus, we're so glad you came to seek and save the lost. Thank you for living that perfect life. Thank you for dying. Thank you for rising. Thank you for saying whoever will call on your name will be saved. Listen, if you've never called on his name, don't you remember what the scripture says? That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Won't you be saved? Won't you admit to him, Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry? And won't you believe, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose? And won't you commit, Jesus, come in and, and be my Savior and forgive me and, and give me eternal life. <clears throat> I want you to be Lord of my life. Help me be the person you want me to be. Oh, if you've done that for the first time, won't you mark that on your card? We'd love to celebrate with you or, or tell someone. And Jesus, I pray for those of us who've received you that we would realize that eternal life has already begun, that right now we're doing life with you. And one day soon we'll be with you, person and place forever. Thank you. And Lord, I pray as we go out this week that we would share with everyone we meet how amazing you are, that we would be messengers with a great message. Jesus seeks and saves the lost. For we pray in Jesus' name.